0: Time I remember driving with him and his Mustang and all those kind of things. Had some good fun together. So we want to say just to his family and to Sherry and everybody that um, God is with you. He loves you guys and he strengthens you. And I would like to pray for you. And then after that, we're going to pray f- pray for some other folk as well. Uh, these things happen and. Uh, we thank God for the Resurrection. We thank God for what Paul has said. He says, wha- how do we comfort those that has had loved ones pass away? Uh, simply by the message of the Resurrection. That is how we comfort. And I want to say to you that Jesus Christ has conquered the very physical death that uh, Sammy has experienced. And uh, that we, we believe in the Resurrection. and. He shall be raised up and share in the glory that God has, uh, or that Jesus has in the fullness of God's life manifesting in Him. I would just like to pray for His family. Father, I want to thank You so much for Your love and Your goodness and Your kindness. I want to thank You, Father, that, uh, (coughs) that this is what it's all about for us in the here and now, that when we experience death, we can have the hope of the resurrection. And I thank You, Father, that those that are uh, on the earth, that are here, that has seen this death take place uh, whose missing loved ones, I thank you Father that they are strengthened by your goodness they are strengthened by your kindness, by your spur of life and the hope that there is in the resurrection Father as we see this we experience why you say that you will come and bring justice you will, ju- you will judge the world in righteousness and what is right you will bring and that is eternal life for it's such an injustice, it's such a thing that doesn't belong to man that has taken place and I thank you Father that we can say that uh, death where is your sting Uh, for Christ has come and he has conquered the law, he has conquered the works of man, he's conquered death and he's bringing life to us. I thank you Father for Sherry and everybody uh, that they will just be and all the friends, that they will just be strengthened in this time knowing your goodness, knowing your kindness, knowing your love and your closeness in Jesus name, Amen, Amen (coughs) then uh, when I was in um, close to the Twin Cities with Rick and Deb Hartman we've had a meeting and uh, we've had people come down Uh, from Canada, they drove down with a motorbike, did about a nine-hour trip uh, down and uh, to us and spent, uh, I think it was two days there and we've just fellowshiped together and uh, two or three days, I don't know, two and a half days, I'm not sure, but we were just fellowshipping and I met them for the first time. Wonderful people, and this is Dave and uh, Dieta, and we've just It was just awesome to see what the message of grace and the life of God has done in their lives. The joy, the happiness, the revelation on the resurrection of Christ and the peace that it brings to them. And then something very sad happened to Dieta. She had a brain aneurysm. Uh, And I think she's just yesterday or so come out of the um, ICU, uh, struggles to speak and all of that. And I just think that we as a web Fellowship We can just come together and pray for her. I've got a picture of them that Lena's just going to bring up on the screen. And as this picture shows, I would like for all of us just to, in our hearts, uh, just open our hearts and thank the Lord for a complete uh, restoration for her brain. And that all the damage and everything will be taken away. And that we will see the name of Jesus, uh, which is salvation, which is the name that heals and the bible says that uh, he has given us the power to bring forth signs wonders and miracles in his name and that is what i believe is going to take place right now and that she will be completely restored amen let us pray father i want to thank thank you so much that i can pray right now for Dieta. i thank you that you love her so much that you care for her so much and I thank you that your Holy Spirit, the Spirit of life, the Spirit that is from eternity to eternity that has got no beginning, no end, your very life is present inside her body right now. And I thank you, Father, that you come and you, by your power, in the name of Jesus, Spirit of God, in the name of Jesus, that healing comes to her brain right now as we as a web church uh, agree together and we are in one heart about this. Not because of all of our agreement. We are just praying knowing that you are doing this. Thank you Lord. In the name of Jesus we stretch forth our hand towards this, uh, to, uh, to the screens of our computers and I, me to this monitor right in front of me. And I, I stretch forth my hand and I say deities in the name of Jesus you are healed you are restored in the mighty name of Jesus you are made whole you are made well in Jesus name that you will get again with Dave on that motorbike and we will meet again and we will talk about all the goodness and kindness of the love of God thank you almighty heavenly father you stretch forth your hand for signs, wonders and miracles and I declare healing in the name of Jesus I bring you healing in Jesus name Dieta. thank you Father, thank you Father thank you Father this time you also strengthen Dave and give him wisdom and encourage him in this time by the Holy Spirit and thank you Father for Rick and Deb that is there for them, ministering to them and loving on them Amen, Amen Well God is a good God and he's a kind God and uh, you know even if we have to deal with some difficult things like we are dealing with now death and sickness and those kind of things we thank the Lord for his justification isn't that awesome now today we're going to talk about the God that sanctifies his own name he came to sanctify his name and I would like to explain that you know we We cannot even think that God will have to sanctify his own name. Uh, How can that be possible? How can the name of God ever be unholy? I mean if you sanctify something it means you set it apart for a certain purpose. Or it means you make it holy, you make it clean, you bring purity to it. Now the name of God has been slandered in the world uh, the name of God has not been dirty, but was made dirty by the misunderstanding of man on what was actually going on. The, the name of God uh, was seen in such an ugly way. Uh, I, I think I need to read this. You know, uh, Richard Dawkins said the following. I mean, he uses such big words that a guy like me uh, that w- uh, where English is my second language, cannot even pronounce all of it but this is what Richard Dawkins says, for those of you that don't know Dawkins he's just a very, uh, I would say, uh, he's an atheist a, a, a really well-known atheist going around mocking Christianity, mocking, uh, mocking religion and all those kind of things <coughs> but this is what he said, he says, the God of the Old Testament is arguably the most unpleasant character in all fiction. A jealous and uh, he's jealous and proud of it. Is a pity, unjust, unforgiving, control freak, a vindictive, bloodthirsty ethnic cleanser. D- he dislikes women, is homophobic, he's anti-homosexuality, he's a racist, he is kill he's the killer of babies. He's genocidal, is felicidal, which is, <coughs> the, he, he kills his own son. He's pestilential, he is a pathological egoist, Is a capricious, malevolent bully. Now that is what Richard Dawkins is saying to the applause of so many people that are completely ignorant of who God really is. But these names and this which he, um, which he brings forth, if you must be in a debate with a guy, you will say, well, it's all written in the Old Testament. It's written that uh, you must go and kill nations and slaughter all of them and have all these things, uh, you know, uh, is, is all the bad things. He didn't get that from nowhere. He read it in the Bible. That's where he got it. And when we look at what atheists say about God, now I do believe that a lot of atheists are just suppressing the truth, and another thing is that they have never heard the true message of God's love and grace. They've they've never heard a message on why man was made. They've never heard a message on uh, who and what God is, who and what man is. They've never understood the message of the resurrection. Like this one guy said, (coughs) <coughs> he said well uh, even if you can prove to me that there is a god i will not serve him why must i serve him you can immediately see that he doesn't understand that this god wants to serve him wants to give life to him it is uh, there are so many things that take place in the world and things that are said about christianity and about the god of the old testament which is also the god of the new testament in ignorance because As Christians, we ourselves have not understood the beauty of who God is. We have not understood who He really is. And all of that comes in because of works righteousness. Because of man trying to be a God on his own. Because of the lie of the devil that came in. That's why things like a capricious, malevolent bully would be ascribed to the very name of God and God comes and He says in Ezekiel 36 that He had to come and sanctify and purify His name now I want to just read to you the Hebrew definition of name (coughs) it says here in the Hebrew this is now um, Browns, Driver and Briggs this is what they say, name name means name or reputation, fame, glory a memorial or a monument or something that is placed or put in a certain position so what he's saying here is uh, the monument that God was raising or the statement he was making about who he is or the memorial or the memorial the memory of who God is or the reputation the fame or the glory of God that's what name means I like that definition where it says a reputation or fame the fame of God the reputation of God which is written in his name in this case it would be Jehovah the self-existing one or uh, Elohim or Adonai which (coughs) and we get all the different names of God there but When his name, especially uh, Jehovah, which would mean the self-existing one or the the only one that has life without beginning, without end, the only one like that, who has people and who offers this life to people, his name was slandered. Bad things were said about that name. And we also find that that name finds its uh, true expression in Matthew chapter 1 verse 21. And I want to read that. Uh, Let us just read Matthew 1 verse 21. (coughs) It says here, "And um, And she shall bring forth a son, this is Mary now, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins and says, And now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and he shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. So Jesus means God with us. God with us, or Elohim with us, or Jehovah with us, the self-existing one with all life, m- Life without beginning, life without end. That one being present with us is called Savior, delivering us from sin and death, giving us life. But what has happened is everything but that was seen in the Old Testament. Everything but that was experienced by the people of the old. Now, how does that make sense and how is God going to restore His name. (coughs) Let us read from Ezekiel 36, verse 16. I'm going to read Ezekiel 36 from verse 16. Those of you that have Bibles, you can turn there. If you've got your computer open there, you can quickly go to it. Uh, And we will do 16 to 21. And then uh, from 21, we're going to go onwards. I don't know how far we're going to get, but there's, I mean, the whole thing about creating a new heart and all of that goes down right to verse 38. And this is what it says, and the picture that we have here, just as an introduction, let me say this. The picture that we have here is one where (coughs) it is actually a duplicate of what's going on in Genesis. When we read the Bible, we find that uh, the people who composed the Bible, I mean those who wrote it, and those who actually tells the story by putting all the books together inspired by God they want to tell a story and the story that they are telling is the same story from Genesis we find the same thing repeating itself over and over and over again from Genesis right up to Matthew we find the same story being told in Genesis the story is that God comes and He says I am the Almighty God I take you from dust and I offer you life. Trust me and I will form you as an immortal equal with me. And you will have the tree of life. You will actually experience immortality with him. And then we find that they don't listen and we find that they are separated from that tree of life where they're actually now given the opportunity to live by themselves and we find that that brings forth death. And then we find that God comes in Noah and he brings forth a man again out of that death and through that man he offers life again and he brings everything makes everything new again and then we find a fall again and then we find he comes and he talks to Israel and Israel he he offers them life he says believe in me they don't trust in him And they fall again and we find the same story over and over and in the story what is shown vividly is that man cannot have success just by himself he cannot have the very life of God by himself and that God needs to be the one that conquers all sin and conquers all death now imagine this in this fallen state God still reaches out to them God still speaks to them, God is still with them, but they are now living by their own power. They're not living by the power of God, they're living by their own power, they're living by commandments, they're living by laws, they're not living by the very life of God. And as they do this and they still have something to do with God, the heathen can look at Israel And they can see how they suffer, how they are actually bearing the curse of dust, the curse of trying to be or have eternal life by themselves. And as they behold this, they're actually saying the God of these people is not a good God the God of these people gave them a land and then he kicks them out of the land, then he destroys them, then he kills them, then he murders them, and all those kind of things. And who and what God is, through what Israel does by their own works, slanders the very name of God. We find the very same thing from the beginning in Genesis. Uh, What the devil came and did was he told a lie about God. He slandered the name of God. He made God a liar. He made God a liar. And he said that God has lied to you. You, by your own ability, can just be like God. And you've heard that me preach about that. Those of you that have followed my message and my travels in the U.S., I'm sure you are already tired of hearing that. But that is how it was. It, there was a lie told about God. His name, his, his, his reputation, his fame, his glory, uh, who he really was, was questioned. And man started to believe in something different. They started to believe that they by themselves can produce all this life and have a life of God. They believed they were gods in themselves and they brought basically other gods before God. They made of themselves they made of themselves gods without God and we see idolatry there uh, the very same thing we see that repeatedly the same story repeatedly being told about Israel idolatry saying I can have my own God by my own works I can bring forth a God by my own works and that's what idolatry is all about it's not about God saying well I don't want any other God No, it is about God saying that there is simply no other God it is only me and I want you to only trust in me for that's the only way wherein you can have life and when man says well I can be a God by my own works or I can bring a God by my own works is where you are saying well I've got eternal life inherently by myself and so I can continue to live as a God and live forever and share in the bliss of God we find the story all the time just being repeated over and over and over again and this is the story God is the only immortal and man doesn't have that yet this God wants man to have it by his doing that is what we see all the time and then if we understand that story and we see now that God became flesh And he is now come to conquer the mortality of man. It is a wonderful hallelujah moment. It's a wonderful story of, and not just a story, a reality of what God actually brings forth. Now with that in mind, let me read Ezekiel 36 from verse 16. It says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, when the house of Israel dwelt in their own land, now this is the land that God gave them, they defiled it by their own way, And by their own doings, their way was before me as the uncleanness of a removed woman. Wherefore I poured my fury upon them for the blood that they had shed upon the land, and for their idols wherewith they had polluted it. And I scattered them among the heathen, and they were dispersed through the countries according to their way, and according to their doings I judged them. And when they entered into, entered unto the heathen where they went, they profaned my holy name when they said unto them, These are the people of the Lord and are gone forth out of his land but I had put it on my own name which the house of Israel had profaned amongst the heathen where they went Now what God is saying here is that he is Savior, he is life giver he is the self-existing one, the only one with life that has, that wants people to live. He made them alive. He says, believe upon me. Remember, when people in the Old Testament, when they would hear about a God, they would think about a God who wants to then establish His kingdom in in their lives so as as you believe upon him he will then rule over your life with what and who he is his name will be over you but what has happened here is that the people went out (coughs) of the land or this is what happened God gave them a land and we can just see this in the Genesis story as well God comes and says I give you the garden I give you the earth I give you all these things believe upon me for as you are now my image in this world in you and through you by my doing I will establish all that I am in the earth meaning I will take the life that is without beginning without end and I will make it flourish in you that you will have a life without beginning without end and whatsoever is under this rule this earth Everything uh, uh, on this planet will be under the rule of having a life without beginning and without end. That is all uh, that it's all about. And then man basically said, Well, no, no, I have life without beginning and without end in myself and I will bring it forth. And what did God do in Genesis? He put them out of the garden and he said, Well, lest they eat of the tree of life and live forever. In other words, They want to live by their own life so okay let me separate them from this life for they want to live by their own life let them live by that that's what they what's taken place and now we find man dying we find man uh, uh, everything going wrong now it looks as if God has brought this on them but that is wrong and that's how we've read Genesis that's how we've read the exile That's how we've read everything in the Old Testament and now the name of God is slandered. God has kicked these people out. But God comes and he corrects this and he says what's actually going on in Ezekiel 36 here. He says, he explains the whole thing. This is what he's saying. He's saying, listen guys, I want you to know what's happening to you is not my name. What's happening to you is what you wanted. You wanted to live in your own way and then I said this is the land that I have given you you've profaned this You you have made it fruitless without any fruit and since there was no fruit in this land I said well go and live wherever you want by your own ability and bring forth fruit if you can then they went to other nations and they basically said we are the people of God and the life we have now is born from God and God says that's not right because that's not what took place what took place is I have a name I have a glory and that glory is to give you a land and I did give it to you I did bless you but then you've come and you brought forth your own way now what is your own way and that is in verse uh, 17 there you will see, see it there if you've got your Bible open there in verse 17 it says son of man When the house of Israel dwelt in their own land, they defiled it by their own way. Now we get Jesus called the way and the true way or God's way is God is the way unto eternal life. But they then said, I have my own way, which talks about the law, which talks about works righteousness, which talks about what they must do again. That's what it talks about and it says the moment you said, I've got my own way, to eternal life I've got my own way to things which uh, again w- which would be the fleshly way it says and I've got my own doings meaning I bring forth if you read the next verses there I'm gonna bring forth an idol I'm gonna make a God by my own power and this God which is by my power I will worship that's the story again it says when you did that what did you do you became as a woman that is unclean and that is removed that talks about a woman that uh, has got her menstrual cycle which in that time cannot receive a seed and be fruitful that's what it talks about so what he says is you became unfruitful you came to a place where you could not bear the seed You, you you were not receptive of the seed which would be the word of life which I've promised you because you said I will produce life by my own works That is what you were saying and then you defiled the land and and God said well I drive you out from the land meaning I'm telling you go now and live your own life. It's almost like the prodigal son when he came and he said well uh, I want my inheritance and then he took the inheritance and he said I by my own works is going to take what is mine and I'm going to live my own life. And what happened? Then he went away to a far land. And there he wasted everything on riotous living. And when he was there, he could have said, you know, I've got a father over on a farm somewhere in another country. And what would the people then think of this father when his son is in this situation? He would think, why is the father not helping him? Why is the father not giving him land? Why is, the fa- why is the father kicking him out? But that's not the story. The story is that the son is doing his own thing and this is how it looks. This is how it looks. That is the whole story. And God looked at who he was, looked at his own name, which is, I am a savior. I'm a good God. And I want people to believe upon this name. I even want the heathen. To believe upon this name. And then he comes and he talks about the restoration of his name from verse 22. I trust that you guys get what I'm saying here. It's simply this. And let me just summarize the first part of this message. I just want to ask you, can you put a timer on for me? I don't know how long I've preached. Um, <coughs> I can preach for two hours, you know. So uh <coughs> when we when we look at, at the whole thing about what this this story is all about it is simply all about just one thing God saying I've given everything to you I have given you life I have given you peace I have given you joy I've given you everything it's a promise by me but I you you guys are not grabbing it you guys are doing your own thing and now Others are confusing what you bring forth by your own works as my work. That is, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. So now God's talking about sanctifying his own name and we're looking at Ezekiel 36 verse um, 22. It says here, Therefore say unto the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, I do not this for your sake, O house of Israel, but for my own holy name's sake, which you have profaned amongst the heathen, where you have went, and I will sanctify my great name, which you have profaned amongst the heathen, which you have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord. I am the self-existing one. I am the one with all life. He says, and then he says, says the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you by, uh, before their eyes. So what he's saying is, he says, listen, You've done your own thing. You've brought destruction upon yourself. You've brought death upon yourself. But, and my name was slandered. I was basically seen as the God that rejects his own people. The God that cannot care for his own people. The God that does not have life, that cannot produce life, that cannot give life. That is the, the, the God that you are talking about you know, you, you seeing a God that is basically not good, a God that is not caring. That is what you are seeing. But I will come in you that have tried to do your own thing and I will clean you up and give you life and so who I am shall be seen. But I want you to know one thing for sure. The life that you receive now is not of your own doing. It is because of me showing forth and bringing forth who and what I truly am. What he is saying is basically what he would have said to the prodigal son. It would would almost be like the, or let me put it this way, like the lost sheep. Imagine the lost sheep was now lost. It would have, the message about the lost sheep, when he wandered off, the message that would, surround the sheep is his shepherd is not a very good shepherd if he is out here not knowing that this sheep has got by his own will has come here and he has basically said to the shepherd I don't want to be part of you I'm leaving now and now he is suffering And as he is about to be eaten by the wolves and all those kind of things, the shepherd will come into the country where he is, where he's lost. Lost in his own works. Lost by his own ability. And he will save him there. And so shall his name be restored. How? By the God that has a beautiful name, simply being himself in that situation that we have brought upon ourselves. That is what this is all about. And we can already see how this is now going to go right into the good news of Jesus and how he's entered our death and conquered our death. He says in verse 23, He says, I will sanctify my great name which was profaned amongst the heathen which you have profaned in the midst of them and the heathen shall know that I am the self-existing, the one with eternal life. He says, says the Lord, when I shall sanctify in you, this shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. So the God that says, I'm the God, the only one that's got life without beginning, without end, and there's no one like me. I'm the only one. I'm seen as the one that has life, that rules with life, and you are my people, yet you are dying. You're not dying because I'm ruling over you. You are dying because you don't want my rulership. But I will come in the midst of your death and I will bring my rulership to you and I will raise you up and bring life unto you. And so I will be seen again for who I truly am. Glory to God. We can already see that is in the church age now. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. It says here in Ezekiel 36 verse 24, For I will take you from amongst the heathen and gather you out of all the countries and I will bring you into your own land. Now many people say this is just a prophetic word about Israel and so forth. I believe that yes, if it was a prophetic word about physical Israel, it still serves as a type and a shadow of the true Israel of God, which is the church. Right, then it goes on in verse 25. It says, then I will sprinkle clean water upon you, And you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from your idols and I will cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. Where? In your flesh. That's what it's talking about. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my ways and you will keep my judgments and do them and you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers uh, and you shall be my people and I will be your God. Now what he is basically saying here, if we take all this typology and, and we take it into the here and now, what he is saying is man became filthy, not God, man, became filthy with idol worship and idol worship is basically what I would call uh, works righteousness, living by the law, living by your own works, that's what it is, taking mortal man and trying to attain immortality by that, that is what he is saying, he says that is what I will do, Uh, that is what happened to man they became dirty like that and now he says what he will do is he what God will do is he will cleanse us from our idol worship how will he do it he will take us from every nation and I believe this speaks about Jesus it speaks about Jesus and the church but firstly Jesus when Jesus died and he became sin he became the sin of all sinners and both Jew and both Gentile was sinners and he has drawn all judgment of all men unto him as he was lifted up he brought the death of all people unto him and then when he was raised from the dead the name of God was restored wherein we see the God is not a God that brings death but God is the eternal ever living and he took, he gathered Israel from all nations, gathering Israel from all nations. I believe Jesus was, and I don't have time to explain all of that from Isaiah 40 onwards. He was the faithful Israelite. He was representative of Israel in that moment. And he took all the death and all the sin of Israel. He took the death of the Gentiles. He gathered all sin of all people from all nations unto him, he became sin, he entered into all death, relying upon the Father, calling God his Father, calling God the one that has life, the one that will give him life. And what did God do? The Father raised him from the dead, and in the resurrection, in taking a man that had all sin, all death, all the consequences of all idol worship, All the consequences and the effects of man going and living in their own land and doing and then leaving that land that God has given going to different places and destroying themselves bringing slander to the name of God where God was everything but a God of life where God was uh, seen as what Dawkins has said here where he was an unforgiving control freak he was a petty unjust vindictive bloodthirsty ethnic cleanser this of women homosexuals racist a killer of babies a genocidal uh, killing his own son a pestilential capricious malevolent bully where he said, well, where that was the idea of God, where you would look at all the curses that comes and where man is, where Jesus calls God his God and look at what he looks like. But God is his God. If God is your God, how can you die here? What kind of a God are you serving if you look like this? And what did he do? He continued to believe in the Father. And what did the Father do? The Father raised him up out of all death, out of all sin, which was our death, which was our sin, and presented in front of all of humanity one thing, a man that has got his own land, his own body now, which is clean which is fully restored where the city is rebuilt where the life of God is where the fullness of God dwells in and he sanctified his name in raising Jesus from the dead and he is continuing now to sanctify his name as he is now pouring out his spirit upon all flesh as people now believe upon Jesus and we find that he has now taken us out of death and put us into life we've taken us out of the kingdom of darkness and putting us into the kingdom of light how? by the resurrection of Jesus Christ that is how he is bringing this forth and this is what he's saying this is what he's saying he's saying let me read it again here he says this is how I will do it I will cleanse you how? by bringing forth one clean man, so that you can have a new heart, a heart not anymore of stone, we know that the ministration of death was written on stones, but that we can have a heart of flesh, what flesh? Glorified flesh, the the physical Jesus, that came, dwelt upon the earth, took all sin and all death, became in the likeness of sinful man, the word become flesh, lived amongst us, then receive all sin and death, die, and then raised up as a flesh man, a physical resurrected human in the flesh. Not as a spirit. Not as a spirit. Uh, we need to understand that. He, 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 Jesus is a, a spiritual physical man he's got flesh that is what he has he says he will he will take he, he will take the stony heart out of our flesh and he will give us a heart of flesh a belief system of the law he will take out of our hearts out of our lives out of our bodies. We by our bodies are not serving the law anymore. We don't believe in the law anymore. But we as physical humans are now having a heart of flesh. We are now believing in the physical resurrected flesh Jesus that was raised from the dead. And now that gives us the hope of the restoration of our flesh. Now we can have a land again, a body again, that's glorified with the glory of the Almighty God. Amen, that's what he's saying. And then he says this, listen to this, and I will put my spirit within you. When he says my spirit, what is he talking about? He's talking about his life. He says, the life that has got no beginning and no end, I will put inside you. And as I do this, I want you to know I'm restoring my name. And since you believe upon me, believe upon this truth, and you are seeing fruit in your life, never think it is you. It is me restoring my name, or actually a simple way of saying it, where it doesn't sound as if God is full of pride. It is me being myself and fulfilling what I've promised to you from the beginning. Glory to God. Amen. Now, when we look at everything Jesus Christ has done, we cannot say that God is uh, unjust, unforgiving, a control freak. He is not unjust. Why? For he says, it is not just that my people are dying. Let me bring justice and restore them to life. Remember that passage that I also preached when I was in the US and let me mention it again here. In Matthew 21, it talks about Joseph here. Uh, You'll remember that Joseph, um, (coughs) when Mary was pregnant, he didn't want to have her stoned. And this is what the Bible says. Uh, It says, then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make a public example, was minded to put her away privately. So what he said was, Joseph was just. In his eyes, Mary has sinned. But since he was just, he said, I will not let her die, but I will give her life. And we find now that God is not unjust as what Dawkins says, or as what thousands of atheists or, I mean, actually, as what is preached in the church many times, of how God is unjust. When when someone is dying, then he or God is the one that kills. No, God is the one that saves from death and as Joseph was, justice is defined as one that will not make a public example, but will save from death, not allowing Mary to die. In the very same way we find our God who is just and the justifier of those that believe with the justification, according to Romans 5 19 and 20, of life. He justifies us with life, eternal life, His life. He's not unforgiving. He's not a control freak. He's everything but a control freak. Because he's not a control freak, that's why he said to Adam and Eve, I don't want you to eat of this, but if you want to eat of this, I will allow you to go and live your own way. That is what I I will allow. You can then, like the prodigal son, we see it. We don't see a control freak. We We don't see a God that is egocentric and which is vindictive and bloodthirsty. We see one that doesn't want blood to be shed. We see one that wants to save, which is willing to say, I will enter your death. I will will actually, because I don't want blood to be shed, I will go and enter the death you are in and have my blood shed so that I can enter into your bloodshed to end it by the resurrection. For I don't want that. And so we can go through all of this even where he says uh, Dawkins here and many others say that that mock God that says that he is filicidal uh, which means you kill your own son or your own child. We find that the father never killed the son but that it was the death we brought upon ourselves that he entered in and when he was raised up he actually conquered that death and now he shows us his name. Now we can call upon this name, this name that was sanctified, this name that was made beautiful and clear. And what is his name? His name is Jesus, the Savior, the God with us, saving us now from our sins and our death. Glory to God. Now, well, there's a lot to say about this, but let me end off just with this and just re-emphasize this part of the fruit bearing and this is what it says here it says here his name is Jesus it says in verse 29 um, and I shall save you from your uncleanlinesses, and I will call for the corn and I will increase it and lay no famine on you and I will multiply the fruit of the tree can you see what he's saying here he says you went in your own strength and you wanted to bear fruit of life but you were bearing the fruit of death by your own power for you are merely dust and inside your own ability you cannot do it but I am the eternal immortal God I made you from dust and I want to create an immortal out of you but the next step is you believe upon me that's the process of creating an immortal that is sharing in the fullness of the life of God but you didn't you went to do your own thing you were bearing fruit unto death but what I will do is I will bring forth a new man I will conquer all sin I will conquer all death so that you can have a new belief and as you have a new belief Please don't think that as you believe upon this new and fruit comes forth in your life, that it's because of you. He says, know this, it is my name, it is who I am that's bringing forth this fruit. He says Your I will save you from your uncleanliness. I will save you from the belief wherein you believe that you need to live by your works. I will bring forth uh, fruit in your life. I will increase, bring increase to you and lay no death or famine upon you like one of the words here was uh, uh, that he is a pestilential God you know my goodness Uh, 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 you see here that all these names and all these things that was assigned to God came by man bringing forth such slander because of man's inability to produce life by himself and then in a state of law calling God their God I want you to say and I hope that hits home so hard if you in a state of law and works call God your God and you we are seeing the destruction in your life what you are saying is where you are saying well if I don't if, if I don't dies, then the curse is going to be upon me if I don't do these things then this curse is going to be upon me and all those kind of things what you are doing is you from a law state or a works state where you are working principles are calling God your God and by doing that you have created an idol by works you're saying by my own works I'm going to do something and by preaching uh, the law and living by works, mixing law and grace kind of a thing, that is slanderous to the very name of God. And the only system wherein the name of God is made clean is wherein we believe in the God that justifies the ungodly, the God that blesses without the works of the law, the God that can give eternal life by His doing and not ours. That is the only way, church. Glory to God. You will have to go and take this message, listen to it again. You know, the greatest investment you can ever make is in hearing this message, allowing it to get into your heart and trusting uh, and having it produce faith inside your heart, believing in God. That's the greatest investment you can make in your own life because from there, it will flow to your family, it will flow to your husband, your wife, your children, all those around you and you will find the effect of God restoring his name manifest in your life. Glory to God! I hope this can help you to look at the Old Testament in a completely different way and look at who God really is seeing that he is the eternal living God that has come to give life and that life is in his son and as we believe upon him we have eternal life amen I want to thank you so much for slotting in it was such an honor to minister to you it was sl- such an honor to bring you this message and I trust that your hearts has been encouraged know that God has always been a beautiful clean holy God and his holiness is always defined In this you shall call him Emmanuel. God with us. And when God is with you, he delivers you from idolatry. Idolatry, law mindset. He delivers you from a law mindset. He delivers you from your filthinesses, these things that you've believed, which which is unfruitful. God calls filthiness, or um, unfruitfulness, he, he calls unfruitfulness, filthiness. What he says basically is, a system that cannot bring forth fruit in you is filthy. And I've come to bring forth my spirit, the very life that makes God live. The word, the spirit, that which was from the beginning, I will bring forth in you and cause you to have my life. So the whole thing about living in God's life is about Him causing it and bringing it forth in those that believe and trust upon Him to just be who He says He is. Amen. Thank you so much for watching and then I will see you again, not this coming Sunday because I will be in um, Uganda. There's not going to be a live webcast. Uh, This uh, coming Sunday I'm in Uganda preaching at... Uh, a Bible school there. It's going to be awesome to teach leaders there. Hundred, about 150 pastors coming. I'm giving them Jesus.